Thanks for tuning in to Upper Room, our Wednesday service. This week, we'll hear from our youth pastor, Sam Crowell. Martha and Mary invite, uh, invite him into their home. Uh, and Martha and Mary, if you don't know this, they were the sisters of Lazarus, who is a dear friend of Jesus. Uh, so he knows these people. These people are, are friends of his. Uh, they're close with him. So undoubtedly, they knew everything that Jesus has been doing leading up to this moment. Uh, can you imagine inviting Jesus into your home? Some of you are like, no, my home is way too dirty. Uh, that's, that's me. I'm that, that one. Uh, I'll take the blame. In my house, I'm probably the dirtiest one, which is probably why I do most of the cleaning because I have to clean my mess up a lot. Uh, but, <clears throat> you know, Martha, she's got Jesus coming, so she's trying to prepare. She's, she's probably cleaning. I don't think they had, like, wood floors back then, so she's probably, like, sweeping the dirt. You know, this dirt's got to be clean for Jesus coming in my house. Uh, I, we're the same way, right? You got company coming over. You're going to clean your house. Uh, I know me and Emily, when we have company coming over, we're going to clean our house. She's got me doing all these things like dusting, and nobody likes dusting, uh, especially not me. But she's, we, we're, we're working on getting our house prepared for somebody to come over. Uh, if, you know, if it's like one of the youth, it's not a big deal. Uh, they can see the mess. But if it's somebody like a family friend or somebody or a family member, uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get to work and clean in the house. And I can just imagine Mary in that moment thinking, I mean Martha in that moment thinking, I've got to get the house prepared. I've got to get all this stuff prepared for Jesus to come in my home. Because I remember, I think it was about a year and a half ago when we did the youth. Uh, we couldn't go to a camp, so we split the girls and the boys up. The girls went to Brother Andy's house, and I'm sure uh, Miss Laurie was stressing about trying to get her house clean for all those teenage girls to come stay over there. Well, all the boys were coming to my house, so we get to cleaning. For some reason, uh, teenage boys are coming over. The house has to be clean for them. Like they're not going to mess it up anyways. Uh, so we're, we're dusting, we're sweeping, we're mopping. And we, we have three cats. We have two dogs. Most of y'all know that two big dogs, like hundred pound dogs that both shed like Siberian Huskies. Uh, they had 800 pounds. Oh, they're close to hundred pounds. They're big dogs. Uh, so there's hair everywhere. So we, we've got a lot of cleaning to do. Uh, Emily's wanting to, you know, scrub the bottom of the cabinets just to make sure there's nothing on the bottom of the cabinets. I, I think I remember uh, cleaning the baseboards. I'm not sure. Who cleans the baseboard? If, if someone comes into my house and is looking at my baseboards thinking my baseboards are dirty, they're the problem. I'm not the problem. So... <laughs> but the things you do to prepare for someone coming over. I can imagine if Jesus was coming over to my house, the baseboards are getting cleaned. You know, everything is getting cleaned. So that's what we see Martha doing here is trying to prepare, trying to prepare. And I love this passage because there's so many applicable things we can take out of it. There's so much that we can learn in just these, these four short uh, verses that, that we can apply to our lives, that, that we can grow closer to Christ with. Uh, but I want to focus on a couple, just three things from it tonight. So we're going to read through it real quick. Uh, starting in verse 38, it says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. So Martha's doing all the work, and Mary's just chilling. 
Uh, but Martha was distracted with much serving and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care what, that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So if if we're reading this in our own personal, you know, personal studies, there's a lot of stuff we can take from this passage. Uh, but the, one of the first things that jumps out to me is that Martha is she's upset that Mary is sitting at Jesus's feet, that she's having to do everything. And I immediately reading that, I immediately think something's wrong with the motive there. So if we're talking about fixing our eyes on the one thing that matters, our motives need to be pure. Especially this time of the year. We're all busy, right? We're all doing stuff. Uh, We're all, some of us are cooking meals for an entire family. Some of us are making sure that we have to buy enough presents for each child. Some of y'all have a lot of kids, and I'm sorry that you have to buy so many presents. Uh, That doesn't, I'm not, not looking forward to that. Uh, so <clears throat> there's, there's, there's different, we all have different lives, but we all stay busy during this time of the year. And it's, it's kind of, I was telling Andy this the other day, it's kind of a shame, uh, that we feel like we have to be reminded, uh, during this time of the year to focus on God, but we do, right? Cause the world is constantly trying to get our mind off Jesus, especially right now. We need to be reminded. I need to be reminded, uh, especially when it comes to my motives. Uh, Martha's sitting here and she's like, Jesus, Jesus, look at all I'm doing. I can just imagine she's like, look at what I'm doing to help prepare. And Mary's just sitting there. I'm doing more than her. Talk to me, you know, tell her to come help me or something. Help me out here. I, I, I get that way. My motives get, get, get off when it comes to serving sometimes. Anybody else in here get that way or is it just me? I, I, yeah, I definitely get that way. I think I'm doing all of this. I'm serving here, I'm serving here, I'm serving here. I'm giving my money here, I'm giving my time here. So-and-so is not doing that much. Why, you know, this ain't turning out the way I want it to. Where's my recognition? I feel like pointing this out here, her motives are wrong. She's in the, her heart's in the wrong place. Her heart's not fixed on Jesus in this moment. She is focusing on the wrong thing, on what doesn't really matter. And this time of the year, man, we are just bogged down with that kind of stuff. There's so much going on, so much that we have to do. And if we're not careful, uh, man, we're going to fall right into the trap uh, of Matthew chapter six. I think it's the first four verses uh, <clears throat> when, you know, Jesus says it. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Uh, don't don't sound a trumpet when you're giving to the needy. If we're not careful, that's exactly what we're doing. Our motives aren't pure. We're screaming just like that. We're not keeping that in check. We're saying, look at all I'm giving. Look at all I'm doing. Uh, Why is is nobody posting something on Facebook about me? (laughs) You know? Well, that's not what it's about. You're doing it in vain if you're doing it that way. I get caught up in that. So we absolutely have to check our motives. Uh, That... That is a distraction that takes us off what we're supposed to be doing, and that is glorifying God. So we absolutely, we need to check those motives. The, uh, there's a verse I like, it's Proverbs 16.2. I feel like this, could, this should 
kind of be a prayer for our hearts. It says all the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. I get fooled into thinking my ways are pure. Absolutely, 100%. I need Christ and the Holy Spirit to tell me, wrong, fix that. 110%, all the time. Just recently in my life, uh, I felt like I was doing a lot in, some, in this situation and I wasn't getting the response or the reward or whatever you want to call it. It wasn't being reciprocated. God had to remind me in a hurry your motives are wrong. If you're, you're doing this to get something that you want out of it, you're doing it wrong. So we absolutely, we need to check our motives. We need to make it at the cry of our heart that, that God show me where I'm failing here. Help me here. Uh, point it out to me. If it needs to be pointed out by somebody else, use somebody else to point it out. Because the Spirit will absolutely do it in a heartbeat. Uh, Secondly, we talk about fixing our hearts on one thing. We have to take a breath. Everybody try this with me. Breathe in. Breathe out. Some of y'all feel better or did you just get lightheaded? <laughs> I got a little lightheaded, I'm not going to lie. We have to take a breath because this time of the year is stressful. Absolutely stressful. Uh, some of us for so many different reasons. Some of y'all are stressed out because of some of the stuff we talked about in the first part. You're stressed out because you're trying to do so much. Uh, some of us are stressed out because of maybe the circumstance we're in. This is a church that's big into recovery. Uh, so we, we may have family members that are in recovery. We may ourselves be in recovery. Uh, we may have family members in jail that need recovery. Uh, so we're stressed. We have a lot, a lot of stuff on our shoulders, and we don't exactly know how to deal with it. Uh, but I feel like God, is, is, is uh, Jesus here is telling her, to take a breath. In verse 40, uh, it says, But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Uh, tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from you. So he's, I, can, I can imagine Jesus in this moment just saying that out of love. Martha, Martha, you're doing good. You know, I, I, you're serving. You're doing a good job. Uh, but you're so worried and troubled about many things. Let's take a breath. Let's sit back and rest. Let's breathe a little bit. Uh, one of the most famous verses that we all know, Psalm 4610, uh, be still and know that I am God. That is something that we absolutely have to practice. We have to put into action. Uh, we don't get very far without it. Uh, do y'all do that often? You, you say, take time to rest and to breathe because we have to do it. We have to take time to focus intently or we're going to miss something or our motives are going to get off or we're not going to be fixated in the right area, which is what we want to be, especially during this time of the year, fixated in the right area. We want to make sure that we're doing the right thing that we're focused on the one thing. Uh, so I kind of wanted to talk about <clears throat> what is the one thing? We have to figure out how to intently focus on the one thing. But what is the one thing? 
He tells us right here, uh, verse 41, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Moses, I mean, Moses, I'm sorry. Mary, Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. But one thing is necessary. So I started looking at all the, uh, all the times that, you know, one thing is mentioned in Scripture. Uh, and there's a couple of them I wanted to, to look at. Uh, Psalms 27.4 says, one thing, I, one thing I have, at, have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So one thing that I have asked of Lord that I will seek after. Luke 18.22 says, when Jesus heard this, he said to him, uh, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Uh, so one thing you still lack, you need to follow me. Uh, Philippians 3, 13 through 14, and we've, we've actually touched on this here recently. I know Greg preached it a couple weeks ago, uh, talking about this verse. So it says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal of the prize and the upward call of God and Christ Jesus. So one thing, every time we see one thing mentioned, he's talking about seeking. So the one thing that, that, that Mary's doing that Martha's not, that Martha's caught up. Uh, she's caught up, she's busy, she's working. Her motives have gotten off. Uh, she's, she's not sitting down to rest, to take that break, to take that breath. Uh, she has is, she is stopped seeking. Mary, though, Mary chooses the good portion. She sits at his feet. She listens. She just listens. So often during this time of the year, we forget to just listen. We have so, uh, so much that the world is throwing at us about Christmas. Some of us, you know, Christmas is about, it's about the family get-togethers. Some of us about the food at the family get-togethers. For some of us, it's, uh, it's about the gifts and that one little uh, Facebook post that we'll share that says Jesus is the reason for the season, and that's probably the only time that we actually think about Jesus during that time of the season because we're not taking the time to sit and rest and seek. It is vital. It is important. It is an imperative that if you are a Christian, that during this time of the year, you don't forget to seek. Because the whole world's watching. Especially this time of the year. They've already, they're already changing you know, what Christmas is and what Christmas is about. It's already been changed. But we, we can change it back. We can start to focus on the one thing that matters. We can start to seek the living king instead of all the other stuff that's really just worthless. I'm telling you guys, it's worthless. The gifts, you can't take the gifts with you. That's what I love about the end of this, the end of this passage uh, when he says that well, one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Uh, everything else is going to be taken from you. When you pass away, you are not taking anything with you. My PlayStation 5, not coming with me. My Xbox, not coming with me. My dogs, sorry, Emily, they're probably not coming with me. But Jesus is something that can't be taken from me. He absolutely 
cannot be taken from me. Those moments where I sit at his feet and I listen. Where I sit at his feet and I seek. Those moments aren't going anywhere. Those are opportunities to grow. Opportunities to learn. Man, we don't use this phrase a lot, but it's opportunities to fall in love with the one that has saved us from so much. There's, in, there's nothing in this world I want to be in love with more than Jesus. But man, if, if, if I don't take the time, and a lot of times I don't take the time to sit at his feet, to focus, to intently watch, I'm going to forget. I'm going to get distracted. So that's what I wanted to encourage you guys tonight. Uh, let's check our motives. If we're, not, if, we're, if we're not checking our motives, our hearts aren't going to be fixed in the right place. Uh, let's take a breath. Because, man, if we're getting bogged down and we're so stressed out we can't think, we're not going to be fixated on Jesus. We're going to be fixated on everything that's going around us. And let's, let's intently take time to focus on the King, to celebrate the King. The one that has, has set so many people in this room free from bondage. That has set me free from, from things that I, I, I never, I thought would put me in my grave, to be honest with you, eventually. He set me free from those things. Why would I not, especially this time of the year, want to tell people, that's not the reason for the season. This is the reason for the season. Let me tell you about what my God did for me. And maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus and you're thinking, what is this dude babbling on about? Let me tell you what I'm babbling on about. Uh, my God set me free from addiction, just like he did so many other people in this room. Uh, he healed my marriage. He is giving me a, a baby here in the next seven months. Uh, my God has healed so many relationships in my life. He came to this earth to live as a human, to show me how to walk, to give me a path to walk. He went through persecution, through trials. He remained spotless, sinless. He died on a cross with my sin on his shoulders and his blood covers me. Amen. So if you're here and you don't know what I'm babbling about, that's what I'm babbling about. The king of all kings, the one who loves me and he loves you and he'll do for you what he's done for me.